0: Back Afternoon Drive, Goodman, Mason. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at mace denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public? Go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, let's go out to the hotline. i want to bring in a friend of mine who will be joining me on Monday in studio as my new radio partner, Terry Fry, who just got back from Nashville covering Game 4 between the Predators and the Avs. How are you, Terry?
1: Thanks for having me. It was a arduous travel day. You know, I was moved to think of the uh, Seinfeld episode where Jerry got to sit in first class and Elaine was having to cope with the uh, travails of sitting in coach. So, what made it arduous exactly? Oh, just uh, I had a connection through Houston and uh, early morning flight, and it's just a mess now in airports. I think you've seen and probably experienced part of the part of the drama going on in, in kind of the re- the return to the travel realities that we used to have. and we're, uh, it's, it's kind of a mess right now.
0: By the way, I don't want you to take this personally, and I'm going to get this out of the way right now. When Andrew joined me over a couple of years ago on the show, there were times when I would slip and say afternoon drive with Goodman and Shapiro. I'm yeah. trying mm-hmm. to, I will try to limit it this time around. I would say the over-under is probably six and a half. So okay. uh, I'm hoping to hit the under on it. Let's. Okay,
1: you, you you're hoping to hit the under, and I'll take the over, and I'll keep track. Wow! But, I'm, but mm-hmm. I'm very much looking forward to it. And again, it's it's quite an honor to be stepping in for Mace, and uh, I know he's going to uh, he's going to be remain a fan of this show, and I hope we can have him on sometimes.
0: Well, we will see about that. In the I meantime, realize. in the meantime, let's talk about what the Avalanche just did, sweeping the Predators. Is this a case of they are just that much better than Nashville, or they are more dialed in this season?
1: A little bit of both. This team was was sorely missing its goaltender, UC Saros, and that showed up in this in this series. And really, I think the Avalanche had a swagger through the entire series because of that. And I also think they are dialed in and they are playing well. And uh, as I tried to point out in what I wrote for uh, Colorado Hockey Now today, this looks a little bit familiar in the sense that this is exactly what the Avalanche did to the St. Louis Blues a a year ago before winning the first two games of the series of Vegas and then falling apart. And so uh, the the example of history is, is not completely supportive of this being some sort of major, major, major step. Uh, and precedent as they move through the playoffs, but I, it's not trying to be a Debbie Downer there or anything like that. It's just a, this is the, uh, the, the the mental test that this team has is going to be to overcome the precedents of history. In the last three years, they're going to hear about it. They're known as the team that's lost three straight times in the second round. It's hanging over them, and uh, they will have to overcome that and be challenged mentally and both and also physically to. Uh, get that into the pass. They obviously swept the Blues in the opening round last year, and of course a sweep in this series against the National Predators. Why is this sweep different than last year's in terms of what it might mean going forward? It's very obvious that this kind of reinforced the idea that what Joe Sackley did at the trading trading deadline added significant depth, and uh, that was part of the problem a year ago when they ran into trouble was that there was a realization that their depth was not as great as it should be. And actually, there was some worry there were some worry at the start of this season that, that uh, their depth was not as good as it even was last year, but that, that those concerns turned out to be false. They were my concerns, frankly. And uh, they do have significant depth added at the trading deadline and have done a good job of implementing that. I thought that maybe they were tinkering a little too much, and I'm still not 100% Convinced that that's going to to, to uh, be valid, that not that won't be validated. But I do think right now this series showed the value of what Joe Sakic did at the trading line and bringing in significant strength and and additional and additional skaters.
0: We are talking with Terry Fry. He's going to be my partner full time starting on Monday on Mile High Sports Radio. One reason why I think that uh, Matt Duchesne is no longer here, and there are many reasons why he's no longer here, and he certainly got booed when he played here at Ball Arena, is the fact that he kind of had a fragile ego. I don't think he would ever say, I don't think he ever would have said, Nathan McKinnon is the best player on this team. Now let's look at Nathan McKinnon. I don't think he has a fragile ego. I don't think there's anything fragile about him. So for him to say following yesterday's game, I think Kale McCarr might be the best player in hockey right now. Are we starting to see that ascension where he might be the best player on this team? Very much
1: so. And I think uh, they, the important thing, though, is they're very complementary complimentary, uh, uh, in that they uh, are so strong that it, it's a positive force for the team to have both of them, obviously. That's the complementary part. They do different things, and they play different positions, so they're complementary. So it was interesting to see Nathan last night. And he hasn't, He said some of that before and much of that before, especially the sentiment, uh, but he was complementary uh, of Cale of McCarty. It was very interesting, as you said, for him to say that he might be the best player in hockey right now. Might be, and he also said he might end up being the best defenseman who's ever played the game. And what he represents is kind of that step toward the hybrid defenseman, uh, and, and the avalanche mandate for all for any defenseman who can jump to jump into play, and that's so much of a revolutionary change in the game, it, to the hybrid defenseman who can skate and and play, play uh, sufficiently strong in the defensive end to be a great player that way, and that's what Kale McCarr is. Maybe he is a uh, Roman. Roman Yossi is, is a terrific, and Victor Hedman are also terrific, kind of, uh, uh, of, of, uh, of hybrid defensemen who can do so many things. And, uh, this is a case of, I think, Kale McCarr taking it to an even greater level in that area of, of being able to skate, of being able to do so many things, and be such a flashy, smart player, a heady player. And, uh, I think Nathan McKinnon's right, uh, and it's interesting to see that, it, that, and I, I understand the, the tendency to uh, retroactively trash Matt Duchesne. Uh, he wanted to be the first-line center. He wanted to be the leader of the team. And it's very, very, very clear that that was not going to happen as Nathan McKenna was coming into his own. And I also remember, and this is even going back even farther, I remember uh, covering the, the Eastern Conference Finals and, and the Sabres were involved. And uh, I was talking to Chris Derude. And he said, you know, uh, that everybody, I said everybody says the trade was the worst one in the history of the Avalanche franchise and uh, that uh, you should have stayed. And Chris said he kind of came around to the idea that, hey, wait a minute, that team had Peter Forsberg, had Joe Sackett, Chris Drew was playing wing, he wanted to play center, it's his best position, he enjoyed playing it, and he came to realize after the fact, that uh, the trade was good for him and that he was playing center. But the really ironic thing now is, guess what position Matt Shane was playing? He's playing right wing for the Predators a position he detested with the Avalanche and was very careful to go out of his way to point out even his own deficiencies and his lack of production at that position. So it's really kind of weird to see this kind of go full circle. You mentioned the Norris Trophy finalists. They're talking about these. Uh, these these true uh, you know these true two way uh defensemen. How many? How rare are players like that? How many guys around there, uh, around the league, are there who can effectively uh be that type of two way defenseman to where you can uh you can build a team around them? Well, Devon Taves is another guy like that. Yep. So the Avalanche had two of them. That's the interesting part there. I think it's becoming more and more common. Not necessarily the quality uh, of anybody who can, who can uh, threaten. Kale McCarr's position in the league or Victor Hedman of the Tampa Bay lightning or, 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 uh Yossi of the Predators, Roman Yossi. Uh, but I think there's, there's been, there's more of them as the game kind of evolves. And I think Joe Sackick was very adept in seeing this coming. Uh, you know, Rob Blake was a little bit of that. Very Bork was a little bit of that, but I think we're seeing now, now more and more that the, 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 uh, quick, the, the fast skating the the, uh, the, the very clever, the very adaptable hybrid defenseman. And I think it's becoming more common that you have to differentiate between just the style and, and the, act, the actual quality of play. The quality of play of Kale McCarr is head and shoulders above a lot of people right now.
0: We are talking with Terry Fry, a longtime journalist, multiple, multiple uh, sports writer of the year. He's going to be joining me full-time, afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry starting on Monday. Uh, on Saturday or on Monday, it's going to be Game One of the uh, Western Conference Semifinals. It's either going to be the Blues or the Minnesota Wild. Which team is a better matchup for the Avalanche?
1: Well, the St. Louis Blues, because the Avalanche uh, will be conscious of, let's face it, of uh, Mark Andre Fleury in the goal in the net for the Wild. And uh, I'm not saying that he's capable of, of playing of stoning the Avalanche or turning a series. I don't think it'll happen. He's capable of it though. And everybody knows that everybody understands that that's the, the, the wild card in the playoffs is the goalie standing on his head, getting in the head of the other team. And I'll be able to summon about 27 other plus J's if you want, but I'll stop there. Uh, he, he's the one guy who, who can do this in this environment. And I think that the, you know, you never get an honest, honest answer. Nobody ever answers about who they'd rather play. And I think in this case, it's somewhat honest. that. uh, they're not sitting there trying to chart the elements that could get them to play the blues rather than, than the wild. But I think in this case, it's very clear that Marc-Andre Fleury is is a championship goaltender who can turn a series, and that would be the one element that could derail the outline.
0: Uh When we start doing the show together on Monday, I'll be the first to say that I will always defer to you when it comes to hockey, uh, I remember your work back in my days when I was working at CNN, and you were a national hockey writer for ESPN. And I read your stuff all the time, and and that's how I remember you probably far more than working for the Denver Post. So I want to put this out to you. I was watching the you, end. Of, you know
1: what I? You know what I thought you were going to say? Yeah. You were you were going to tell me to give shorter answers?
0: Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm watching the end of the Rangers-Penguins game, and I'm watching Sidney Crosby have a fantastic game. And it got me to thinking about the Penguins and the great players they have had, and the Oilers, obviously, and the great players they had. So I put this question out on Twitter, and I'm thinking, while the answer seems easy, maybe not so much. When you look at historically trios for those two teams, which trio is better? Gretzky? Trachier. Trachier. No, 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 no. No, the Oilers and the Penguins, not the Islanders. Oilers and the Penguins. Oh, okay. Would you take Gretzky, Messier, Connor McDavid, or would you take Yager, Lemieux, and Sidney Crosby?
1: I would take the Penguins in that case. So would I. Lemieux was such an ascended character and uh, and a leader and everything else. You know, you and I have talked about this in the past. I don't think whenever whenever you're given either or, you're not trashing the other one right. when you answer the first one. So right. in this case, you know, and I was, I, I had a, I was thinking there of uh, of uh, A. and Clark Gillies for the Islanders and some of the years they covered. And say,
0: I got to tell you something about Connor McDavid. For as talented as he is okay? He's a fantastic regular season player. His teams have missed the playoffs four times. They have advanced out of the first round one time. I would take McKinnon all day over Connor McDavid. No?
1: Um, No. No? I I don't necessarily think that. They have dry sidle, too. How do they not get out of the
0: first round?
1: I think Connor McDavid is the best player in hockey.
0: He might be. In regular season, he does nothing in the playoffs. Nothing. He's made, he's, not, a little, he's a little over a
1: point the game. You understand I'm not trashing Nathan McKinnon. I know here. I just I think it, I think Connor McDavid was billed as the generation player generational player when he came in in the draft. It took Nathan McKinnon a few years to ha- make us realize, you know, it turned out that he was a generational player. He wasn't billed as one, but he's turned out to be one. And uh, he was seventeen years old when he got drafted as part of it. But I think in this case, Connor McDavid is the best player in hockey and I hope nobody thinks I'm trashing Nathan McKinnon by saying
0: that. "Well, I respectfully disagree. He's the best regular season player in hockey." Okay. Because well, what does he do in the playoffs? Not almost not. He, he's a little over a point in the game. McKinnon is far better. Okay. They have Drysdale too. How does this team not <laughs> contend for a Presidents' Cup every single year? Right? Dry, What's wrong with that team?
1: 50, 55 goals, whatever it was. And what
0: do they do in the postseason cuz that's what matters.
1: Yes, I understand that. You're right. Sometimes I'm going to defer to you for being right, so you
0: can just... You know what? There'll be a nice change, won't it, Mace? (laughs) Yeah, I had trouble with that. See, with Les and I, we could always agree to disagree. With Mace, it's always, he will fight the point to the death. He will die on the hill. Right, (laughs) Mace? You You need somebody to push back on you. you There's nothing wrong with pushing back, Mm -hmm. but saying, you know what, maybe Mm -hmm. you're right. Yeah, you
1: can, we, we always joke you can be a
0: steamroller it. sometimes I can be, but mm-hmm. with you with, with you being a steamroller, I can't steamroll you because you're knowledgeable. I couldn't steamroll less because mm-hmm. he's knowledgeable. I can't steamroll yeah. Terry because he's mm-hmm. knowledgeable. If you're not knowledgeable, then you'll probably get steamrolled with well,
1: that go ahead, Terry uh I was going to tell you a quick less story yeah is, is that okay? yeah By about uh, thirty seconds. I wrote a blog about Tim Tebow uh, in oh. the prime prime years of Tim Tebow. Les called me and chewed me out. And he took it personally that I thought that Tim Tebow <laughs> actually was doing productive things and, could, and was being a decent quarterback to, despite uh, the flaws in his game. Les hollered at me.
0: Yeah, well, I, when he was on another radio station, I used to listen to him berate his partners anytime <laughs> they would say something positive about Tim Tebow. Terry, next time we talk will be Monday in studio. I can't wait to do the show with you.
1: I can't wait. In the Mesa, I hope you still understand the uh, how honored I am to be stepping into your big shoes. Oh well, thank you. You'll do great. Well, he's got big. So, so does Eric buy the buy beer buy the beer after every show?
0: We don't drink. We don't don't really drink after the show. We drink before the show.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're good with that. That's straight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll see.
0: Terry, good talking to you as always. See you. you on Monday. Okay. Bye. All right. Coming up after the break, Tom Brady is about to make more money doing something than he did as a player. What is it? That's next.